You are listening to the Pretzel podcast from Creative Mornings Munich. I am your host, Mark Lindgren. Today we have two guests who talked about the theme Ripple on the Creative Mornings Munich virtual event on March 2021 as a part of Munich Creative Business Week. Anne or Anne is a certified integrative nutrition health coach who supports busy professionals to lose weight in a long-term and sustainable way. Eleanor helps mostly female business owners to get their websites launched in a day and to figure out their digital strategy. Welcome to the show, uh, Anne Petersen and Eleanor Mayhofer. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So um, you talked about the theme Ripple. Um, let's go in alph- alphabetical order. Uh, what do you think is is your key message, message of the talk, Anne? So for me, for us to have a ripple effect, um, my key takeaway is that people should be looking after themselves. It relates to the fact that if you're in a better position than well, that you are able to actually um, give more to people and you will be able to have a ripple effect on others and possibly even uh, they, from your actions, they will have ripple effects beyond just that one person that you might be touching. It could have ripple effects also on them to someone else and them to their environment around them as well. What about you, Eleanor? My take on it was that by taking action, we create unseen effects, unseen ripple effects, as you will, if you will. Um, and that sometimes we're we're working, we're producing things, we're giving a project or a goal our all, and it doesn't seem like it's having much effect, but there are things happening, and sometimes you only really find that out later. Uh, how, how would you um, define uh, the ripple effect? Uh, in 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 like a more common words, and so that's a good question. So in common words, I would say it's your positive impact that you have. Um, that could be short term positive impact, but that could also be long term positive impact. You also mentioned this kind of uh, influence uh, sphere on, yeah. on 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 your on your part. What, what what does it what does that mean? So, I believe that by starting with the your influence sphere, um, which is immediate to you, um, it means that you will be able to gain some ripple effect. Sometimes if you start at a much higher level, um, then you may not see that ripple effect that you have. So if I take my example from when I came out of university, I studied environmental management and I came out thinking I was going to save the world. And in fact, I got a little bit disillusioned when I was creating a lot of uh, work, but I was feeling that I had no effect or impact. Um, And I believe it was probably because I wasn't seeing the immediate effect around me uh, and my my sphere of influence, 
Whereas now, some years on, I feel like I have now got more of an impact locally with the people that I'm working with who are perhaps now tapping into wanting to go and work on a conservation level. So now I feel like I have much more of an impact at that environmental or, or um, agenda than I did when I first came out of university. So that's my thinking of the sphere of influence. So the ripple sort of went out of the square sphere without you knowing it all. Yeah, I think at the time when I came out of university, I probably had a ripple effect, but I wasn't seeing it. Um, but now I feel that by me working more, I say locally, I work with individuals or I work with a group of people, but I can see the influence that I'm having on them, which is then having a further ripple effect, not just on them, but beyond them. Um, I take an example of a lady that I worked with um, who basically changed her eating uh, habit to now becoming much more aware of the impact that she is having in terms of what she buys. So where does she buy her produce? What is she eating? How? What impact does the food that gets shipped from Peru have on the environment? So she's now becoming much more aware of that. So that's my realization of I'm having a broader effect than just her, but it feels great because I know I'm also having an effect on her. I just want to pick up on something Anne said um, and kind of relates to what I was saying earlier about whether you can see the impact you're having or not. Um, I think as human beings, of course, we want to see that our efforts have some impact. I was listening to an interesting podcast yesterday, and it was um, a public health official, and she's one of the kind of main COVID writers for the Washington Post. And she said something that I thought was really interesting. She said, public health, it's one of the first fun that, things that gets defunded because all public services, you can see the outcomes. You know, the trash people come and pick up your trash. You pay taxes for schools. Your kids go to school. Public health, they, she said they have a saying in public health called, we saved your life, you just don't know it. Because everything they're doing are preventing things that would have otherwise happened. And that's sort of a reverse example of what we're talking about here is that, you know, there's a ripple effect and hopefully the unseen becomes seen or, you know, you, you asked what's another way to put it. I would say maybe it's a chain reaction. Like you do something and it impacts something and then this thing happens and that thing happens. Uh, but sometimes you don't see it. And sometimes it's maybe just, a counterfactual or preventing something that you didn't want to happen happen. Like, you know, in your case, Anne, it's the heart attack the person didn't get. But how do you, how is that something you, you know, that's, that's a little bit of a hard sell, but it's still, it's still the ripple effect. Yeah. And now to pick up on that as well is when I come back to, if you're well with yourself and you're constantly reviewing where you're at and in terms of your happiness or your well-being that has a, a ripple effect so by again starting um, with yourself you will inevitably have a ripple effect by how being well and happy and positive but it might not always be a visible outcome no exactly Which is frustrating yeah. but 
Yeah, I, I, I think when when Eleanor mentioned the the health health uh, care and especially now with the, this Corona time, it's been um, it's become very visible in a way and and uh, showing that what has been done, the savings that have done before, are really counterproductive uh, right now when we have this kind of a situation in our hands. Um, when you uh, knew about the theme is going to be Ripple, how 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 did you? Uh, chose how did you choose your approach eleanor well the first thing i mean you almost can't think of the word ripple without thinking about ripple effect so that was the first thing that came to my mind and it had been for me very much a year of um just get it, doing a lot of things um the year before i just started this business and i even with the lockdown i had made some clear decisions about things i wanted to do and just did everything within my power to get them done. And they were having good results. So for me, I couldn't help but think of that Goethe quote, um, which I do not have in front of me, but basically he says, until there's a decision, nothing happens. And just by taking action, all kinds of unseen forces seem to move. And I like that quote because, you know, Goethe was not, he's not a new age thinker. <laughs> you know, he was writing, yeah, I don't what, at the turn of the century or last century. Uh, so this seemed to me, this is a very, this is an old idea and that gives, gives it some power to me that it's, it's something thinkers and writers, uh, have observed for some time now. So that was the like first obvious take for me. For, for me, I took it from the basis of where, um, I have been and what I'm doing. So I think yeah like eleanor i couldn't not think of the ripple effect but i i yeah related it more to like i said where i had been in terms of what impact i wanted to make and also what impact i've been seeing that i'm making without um yeah realizing to what uh, an extent I was making. So I, I almost did a review of my life when I was putting the abstract together for the talk, which was really neat. That actually um, the the ripple effect that I had set out to, to do when I left university um, was in fact um, what I'm doing now. So it's like I've, I came, came around to do a full circle. And then I thought that I, I think this is something that a lot of us want to to have is to make a difference and i like to see and encourage people to be able to make that difference that they set out to do and sometimes i see that people get lost a little bit on the way and because we get busy with life so for me it was uh neat if i could you know put this out there in terms of how you can look you know how can you come back to what it was that you wanted to do and in terms of making a difference. You also mentioned uh, as an example that was the uh, primary foods and secondary foods, and you used it as a metaphor for life. Uh, can you like elaborate that a bit? Yeah, so in my work, um, and it's not a new, I would say it's not a new concept of, of this primary foods, but it actually is something that I think we forget in terms of, we have a lot of aspects in our lives um, which 
nourish us. So that's what we call primary foods. And these could be things like our relationships, our career, um, our home environment, or the, gen the general environment around us, um, our movement. So these are all what, what I call or what the philosophy of primary foods is that these will nourish us versus what secondary food is, what we have on our plate, and that's what we eat. So the, those are things that nourish our body. And, you know, essentially, we can't survive without either drinking or, or eating. So those are secondary foods. But what we what is important to understand is that for us to feel and, and operate well is that we need to take into account all of our primary foods and how they're balanced. And it's not just about what you're eating. Yeah, and, and of course, then eating is life also. Without eating, there wouldn't be life. Yeah, although what I'm finding is that people use eating as the, perhaps sometimes the primary food. And that's where you might get into, I'm not feeling well, so, but if I eat this, then I'll feel well. Well, is it? Is it the food that's making you feel well or is it reviewing where you're at with your career or reviewing where you're at with your movement or, you know, your environment around you? Is that feeding you so that you don't rely on food only because food is to, to give source to of energy to our body. Um, so that's, that's the whole thing about balancing that and reviewing where you're at. Eleanor, you you mentioned that you wake up every morning at four fifteen. So what 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 makes it beneficial, and why that, do you do that? That is over. Um, my daughter won. It started becoming this arms race. I got up at four fifteen for a while, and then she started getting up at four. And then at first, I had a split second. Where I was like, "Well, I gotta get up at three forty-five. And then I went, "Wait, this <laughs> this is crazy. This is just crazy." Um, so kind of what Anne is talking about, I just have to, I think, I think it is a worthy goal. And at some point I do plan to continue to get up early, but I think you have to appreciate there are seasons in life. And when you have a four-year-old, you can fight it um, or you can roll with it. And like now, actually my latest thing is I'm going to take that because I do like a primary food for me is just like, some quiet time for me. And I realized I need that. And maybe I can't do it in the morning now, but I can do it. I can try and be efficient in my working so I can stop an hour before I go to the kindergarten pickup and do it then. Um, which is still, a, I need that break anyways, between getting out of like work, work, work mind and mom mind. So I'm, I'm still working on that. Um, you know, if you had, we just had the time change and these little things before I had kids, I didn't think about any of this, but we had a time change and the weather turned great. And you're just, your rhythm is not, you can't control your own rhythm. You just can't, it's run by the kid. So, you know, check back with me in a month. Maybe I'll be back at my um, 4.30 schedule, um, but we'll just have to see. But uh, it's interesting what you're saying, because uh, I, I think life ebbs and flows, right? And that's why, it's really important to do that check-in on a regular basis yeah. because you now know I need some me time. And, and yeah. I think 
all of us do. And sometimes we don't take enough of it because, oh, I'm too guilty or I'm too busy or, um, but it's really important to acknowledge, okay, I need that time, but okay, that, (laughs) what used to work isn't working now. So what, where can I, how can I make it work? yeah. And it's also self-defeating because you get in the space like, you know, be quiet, can't you see I'm trying to meditate? <laughs> and you just like get all crabby and angry and for, to try to do the thing that's supposed to make you calm. So it's like the, the calm thing to do here is accept what's happening in life as it is. Yeah. Well, and then when you talk about creativity, right, then you also think, well, there we use our creative creativity to then be able to find, okay, how do I get us? How do I work this? How do yeah. I get around this? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's really yeah, important again, because we have so many external factors that come like the pandemic, you know, if, if you can adapt and you can be creative around this, this is where you're still moving forward. You're still, still having a ripple effect <laughs> do you think eleanor that the early morning is a creative time for you or? i do that's why it's it's hard for me to to bow to certain realities i mean in a perfect world i would be getting up early and having that time um and it's not that i'm actually doing any creative work it just, i just feel like it sets my puts my mindset in the, in the right or gets my head in the right place for the rest of the day so it's definitely something it's, I, I haven't given it up forever just until there's like a regular sleeping schedule. Anne, you are a certified integrative nutrition health coach. What, what kind of a path did you take to find your calling? So I would say I didn't go the direct route. <laughs> So I've always been a lover of sports and well-being uh, since I was, yeah, in high school, even younger. I've always haven't had an interest in in that. But uh, I think there, for me, that didn't seem the path to take because could I make a could I make a living out of that? Um, and at the time, that was probably not considered the right path. So I took the next important aspect, which was the environment. And that's where I ended up going to study environmental management. And as I explained before, I graduated and found that I wasn't actually having the impact that I had wanted. Then I wanted to get more into getting uh, industrial experience so that I could actually maybe have the impact that I wanted if I understood how businesses worked because I was doing a lot of consultancy at the time for around waste management and waste minimization. So I went into industry and that path took me down to managing uh, teams of people. And what I found there was that I was actually having an impact on um, people's livelihoods and the way that they were um, doing their work. So uh, with that came leadership skills and um, helping people to love the work that they were doing um, and and grow them as well and mentor. 
Um, I did come to a point where I ended up in my mid-30s having migraines, and which threw me quite a bit because I had always felt well, I was healthy and I was moving. And why was I being hit with migraines, which were completely debilitating? And I, I was not happy with this new version of myself. So I, I went down a path of investigating and looking for solutions. Um, and I'm, I did a lot of self-work um, and realized that actually uh, I had to move. I had to make that as part of my daily ritual. Uh, it had slipped because I was so stressed with work. And um, so I actually re reverted migraines because I was regularly uh, training for triathlons at the time. Um, and then it hit me again uh, in my early 40s. I got migraines again. And again, I realized I did a lot of self-work again. And I realized that stress was a major factor for me, that when I don't manage my stress levels um, and look after my circle of life, my primary foods, then this becomes this becomes a, a health issue for me. So I, uh, this is where I then brought everything together and reviewed what was my next step. And I, I basically came back to the fact that I wanted to work in the well-being uh, sector. And I studied uh, this integrative nutrition course. Um, and that was a year-long course. Um, and it, it resonated exactly with all of my experiences about it needs to be holistic. You can't just eat well and exercise. There's a lot more to life. Uh, that me makes up your well-being. So that's my roundabout way of coming back to what I think initially I I should have probably set out to do. But now I've picked up a lot of experiences and learnings along the way that now help me to connect with people. Okay, that's that's interesting. What about you, Eleanor? Uh, you help female business owners with their websites and and digital strategy. Um, how did you end up doing so like specific even even like work well um i've kind of always been in the same field so i studied design i went to design school in the 90s in san francisco and um, when i started it was just like what web 1.0 but i was a print designer did books and i worked at a little agency doing book compositing book cover design but the the web had just happened and i was completely um seduced into that. I loved it. I loved the immediacy of digital work. Um, and so I started at a bunch of startups in San Francisco and I'll skip the whole story about how I ended up in Germany, but I did. And I worked a little agency first and then I got a job with a big um, American global corporate agency that had just started their Germany operations. And that, I would say there 10 years and I learned a lot. I started as like a junior web designer there and ultimately kind of moved into project management and methodology design. Um, and I, I mean, I stayed there longer than I probably should have, but it was a good job and I wanted my Umberfisset Elfenhaus allowedness, so my, my German residency permit. So, um, but ultimately I am not really a company person. Um, and that was confirmed for me because even after I quit that job, and one of the reasons I quit, there were many, but we were, I was working on very, very complex projects with like development teams in India and multiple client stakeholders here. And I just felt like this work was so complex. It was ungratifying and you never, 
had a sense of accomplishment. They just go on forever. And sometimes these would be millions, millions, millions of dollar worth of project. And then like it'd be canned in the end. And after a while, I felt like I'm here for a paycheck. And once you're at that point, it's, it's over. So you have to find something new. And um, then in around, I think it was like 2007, you know, all things Shopify, Etsy, all these platforms started emerging where you can really have an online business like in the blink of an eye. And I thought that was fascinating. And I had always, because I was like a web internet person for family and friends, I had done websites. And I can't remember when Squarespace came along and WordPress and all these things. I think I had TypePad. I had a blog on TypePad. And those were so easy. They were web builders. And I was like, look, you can like make this thing so fast. And you know, people who aren't technical like think you're a magician. And you're like, this is actually really easy. Um, so I had had, I started my own business, but I was also kind of freelancing at different agencies here in Munich for a long time. And that was that was in one way good because it never made me think there's a company I want to go back to. It was always like after my six week stint, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. And I don't need to like, I don't want to get a full-time job anywhere anymore, but it never really, I never really committed to that first business. So that kind of never got the traction that I hoped for. And um, then I had a baby. So I had to kind of reassess what I wanted to do. And um, I, I, sort of had always been playing with the idea of having a little company that just helped small businesses get their website together. And I actually had a coach and we were sort of figuring out what my strategy would be. And I just realized after I did a couple of test projects, like I could see very clearly what people needed. And it was kind of a micro offering of what I had done before, which was to, you know, get somebody maybe just very, what I call a baby brand, like mint, minimal visual branding and a website, just get them started. There's so many people that don't have a technical background, but are business owners or have a business idea. They get, it seems like an overwhelming process. So I kind of tested this idea and then I learned a lot more about offering day rate services. And um, it turns out there's an audience for it. So it's, and it's fun. You know, I don't know what else to say also. That's like, that's been like one of the biggest surprises is that it's a lot of fun. So. And I can vouch for Eleanor's work. And it actually also ties in with this ripple effect because she uh, helped me with my website. But again, I, I, I was able to take action and move forward. Had I done it, I had already tried to do it myself. I was just not moving forward. So now it's like I took a step and it's not necessarily perfect as an Eleanor's side is perfect, but there's always iterations. Right. And yeah, so yeah. it gave me enough momentum to keep going and, and keep moving. A little bit about your, your business and what would you say is the uh, biggest challenge right now in, in what you're doing? I think we touched on it. Eleanor touched on it is, um, it's almost this people don't necessarily work on themselves or, or look at things until they're really ill. I mean, it's, it was probably also my case, right? But I felt like I was doing a lot of work. But sometimes we don't take enough action or do it regularly to look after our health and well-being until we we're lying sideways or down with with a disease so i'm i would like to you know i keep trying to raise awareness of how important it is just to keep reviewing and checking in and 
seeing that you're 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 moving in the direction that is good for you everybody's unique so I, I, for me that's a also a, a challenge that i see is that people follow maybe a fad thinking that this is good for them and it doesn't work for them so they they get deflated and I, the big thing for me is getting people to understand that what works for you may not work for me and vice versa because all our bodies are unique so yeah i think the that sort of summarizes my my uh some of the difficulties i'm having at the moment with getting people to look after themselves i think one of the challenges i mean when you start your own small business there's you know people really encourage you to niche and it was clear to me i didn't want to niche by industry i didn't want to do like i do yoga i do websites for yoga studios or something like that by industry and I'm, re I'm really coming to understand it's it's a niche for a kind of a temperament, somebody who wants to get things done quickly, who likes having process, who is kind of timely. So for me, it's just an interesting challenge to refine my process, like in my discovery call and ask the right questions. And like, pro like it does, what I offer does not work for super detailed oriented people. For someone who's like, let's try it in blue. Let's try it in green. Let's look at it this way. Let's look at it that way. That's all great. But it does not work if you want to get in and get out and get your website done in a day. And so it's just the more I go, the more I'm just refining my list and my, you know, I'm like, now look, <laughs> you will not like this if you care about those things. And just, and also, so much of what I do is marketing and really clarifying my messaging to make sure that those kinds of people are attracted to what I have to offer. So, uh, how, how can people get in? touch with you if they want to like discuss further about the either eating or getting some websites up so uh, well you can check in with my website which eleanor has created it's fantastic so uh my website's my name so it's annpetersoncosta.com or also you can connect with me on linkedin again ann peterson costa um, and I am also on all like Facebook and Instagram, but if you want to connect with me directly, then obviously please, uh, look me up on, on those two sites there. Yeah. Same thing. It's just my name. My, I have a website, obviously, ownermeyerhofer.com and there's a big let's talk button in the upper right corner. If you want to have a free 15 minute consultation, I am also on LinkedIn, same thing, my name and I am on Instagram, but. I will tell you right now, I do not check my DMs uh, very much. I'm also on Facebook. I, if anybody is like working on a tech idea, it should be a messaging integrator, like an aggregator, because right yes. now, between like half, half the people have gone to Signal, half the people stay with WhatsApp. Sometimes people DM me on Instagram. Now I have, and you can't solve it all with notifications. So I'm just like, I want a place to look at everything. Sorry, that was not your question. I'm just, it's a cry for help. <laughs> I agree. Well, uh, I will add the, add the links to the show notes so okay. that they are also available there. Yeah. The Pretzel Podcast is about creativity and inspiration. So let's talk a little bit first about how do you get inspired if Anne starts. So like Eleanor, I'm a... Uh, early morning, uh, I find this is my best time to get headspace and think. Uh, I often journal. 
I used, um, I especially used the morning pages by um, Julia Cameron. Um, they, she wrote a book called The Artist's Way. Some of you might know it. Super uh, tool. And I also use uh, running, walking, biking. So any sort of form of activity that, and especially out in nature, it just tends to give me uh, more perspective. So especially if I'm I'm feeling uninspired and I'm stuck, I tend to go out for a walk. Um, that might be through the day if I can if I can find some time to do that. It just helps uh, a lot. Um, I really like brainstorming with others um, because that tends to again give me other perspectives that I might not have thought about. I like listening to podcasts. That's also got a lot of information and nuggets. Um, I love reading, but I don't get enough time to do that at the moment. And uh, for me, I am a bit of a training course junkie. I try try to limit that. Um, so I, I think that's something I might have missed in my 30s is actually scheduling some regular training. And I would encourage people to do that uh, and make sure that that's part of your, yeah, your growth. Well, those are those are quite a lot of areas, but uh, I I find them help help me get inspired and grow. So I would say it's two main things. I think what a mistake I made in my first business is I'm I'm a solitary person and I like to do things myself my own way, um, and so I try to do everything alone. And with this business, I have joined, have taken courses and got coaching, but I've also joined communities. Like I'm in a day rate creatives community. And I'm in another community. Um, so like two kind of, they're different. The other one's not creative, but just, inter and I have another mastermind with two other entrepreneurs. I mean, they do totally different things. One has a language business, the other's a, a coach. And that has been fantastic. Um, and sometimes I can't even like point to a specific tangible thing, but I think it just keeps me excited and motivated and engaged. And for actual inspiration, I do find, you know, I mentioned in the talk, I've always had a regular running practice. I'm not even a good runner and I can, you know, hobble across the finish line of a 10K if you give me like an hour and a half, but I've always done it. And um, I do find that ideas and thoughts and inspiration come to me when I am running. Okay. And then it's time for our last question. What does creativity mean to you? So for me, uh, creativity, it's, it's quite interesting because initially when I think about it, I think, oh, well, I'm not creative. But uh, I know that we are all creative and we all need, uh, yeah, we all create um, because it's impossible not to if, if we're using our minds every day that we're thinking about new ideas or solutions. So. For me, creativity is really about coming up with uh, new solutions to problems or using your experience to perhaps yeah, come up with different ways of thinking about things. Um, so yeah, I'd say essentially using your creativity is something that we all do and we use it to overcome obstacles and, and becoming more resilient to things as well. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. I think especially if you come from the visual arts background, you tend to think of like, you know, your design or your 
painting or illustration, like how creative can you just be with the visual output? But creative creativity has really evolved for me. Like right now, I feel like my entire business is a creative act. And like the creative thing I am most proud of now is like my customer workflow, which is not like an art thing, but I, you know, nobody else cares because I'm like, look at this art flow or workflow and you know, not that exciting. Um, but yeah, like Anne was saying, it can be anything living in a small apartment and arranging it well and figuring out your life schedule so that it works for everybody. That's a creative act as well. Just bringing your I think intentionality and your intelligence to whatever it is you're doing is a creative act and not just kind of reacting on autopilot. That is the distinction between being creative and uncreative. Yeah. I would also say resonating with that is that intention. Yeah. Sometimes if you're if you're not able to get through something then when you set some intention you, your creative ideas come up. This was the Pretzel, the Creative Mornings Munich podcast. This episode was produced and edited by me, Mark Lindgren at Hume Production. Our music was made by Sasha Ende. The additional sound was made by Winnie the Mook. Send us feedback by email to feedback at thepretzelpodcast.com. To find the show notes for this episode, see the talk, and to get new episodes right to your phone and your ears, visit thepretzelpodcast.com. Thank you for listening.